So for those of you who were here last week, uh, we finished, uh, finished the message and just encourage you to take a look at your uh, surroundings this past week and just take notice of who God has in your life, and the places that he's put you, you know, where you live and where you work and where you play, and just take note, especially those who maybe don't know God or don't have faith, and just maybe take of those people, pick one person and pray for that person this week. And some of you uh, did that. Some of you weren't here, so you wouldn't know that. I want to give you a chance right now, if you prayed for a person this week, to just bring that person to mind, picture them. If you didn't do that, picture someone in your life, maybe somebody who doesn't have faith. Just bring somebody to mind who you see in your everyday life. Actually, close your eyes. Picture that person. You got them in your mind. Now, silently, say this to yourself. It is not my job to convert this person. I cannot change this person's heart. Okay, open your eyes. That's good news, right? I'm not asking you to convert that person. I'm not asking you to argue that person somehow into God's kingdom. Um, Jesus is the Savior. You're not the Savior. Jesus can change people's hearts. You genuinely can't change someone's heart. It's not about you. This whole great opportunity thing, we need to remember that when we talk about these things and we talk about how God is working in people's lives around us, it's primarily not about us. It's about the work of God, the work of his Holy Spirit to change hearts. But the cool thing is God invites us to be part of his work. So our job becomes very easy. What we are to do is to position ourselves posture ourselves to where God is already at work and, and inviting into his work, which is already ongoing. Um, we just sort of stand in the way of his work and we become part of it. I was with my family at the Boston Marathon a couple weeks ago. We were helping out at an aid station, uh, providing water and, and support to the runners that was uh, hosted by the Run for the Troops charity and so we were there at the aid station, and we realized that because of where we were standing on the road, when the lead runners would go by with the trucks, with the, uh, the motorcycles, with the cameras on them, we could lean out from where we were, and they'd go by, and we'd be right in the line of sight of the, the cameras. And so we're watching it on the, we were standing there watching it in front of us, also on the phone, which was delayed about a minute. So the, the lead Runners go by, and we lean into it, you know, stick an arm out, and then a minute later, there we are, right there with all the elite runners, part of the whole event. Didn't run two steps the whole day, right? Just there to hand water, but, you know, you posture yourself in where all the action is. That's our invitation from God. Today, we're going to look at John chapter 16. Jesus is explaining this about the work of the Holy Spirit. To his disciples, he basically says, look, the way that this sinful and broken world works is very different than the way my kingdom works. And there's tension between the two. Always going to be tension. He said, the world hated me. They're going to hate you. They didn't listen to me. They're probably not going to listen to you. And I'm leaving. But it's okay. Because I'm leaving you my spirit. And the way that my spirit works in this broken world the Spirit's going to be working in the world, the Spirit's going to be working in you, and then you're going to have a role to play in this. So this is good, I'm sending you the Spirit. So I want to look at these things. The role that the Holy Spirit plays in the world, 
the role that the Spirit plays in the heart of the believer, and then what is our role in this? Let us pray. Father, you have uh, allowed us to put our hands to good things, to good work, uh, to just good relationships, and just so many blessings, Lord. And we just, we desire to walk in your way, to be part of the work that you're already doing. This is all about you. We humbly acknowledge that, and we humbly ask that you would just now empower us to understand your word, to understand your way. Be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the role of the Holy Spirit in the world. Um, Verse 8 essentially says that the role of the Holy Spirit is to prove that the world is wrong. Uh, Verse 8, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes... He will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Again, this is good news. It's not primarily our role to go around and tell people, you're wrong, everybody's wrong, and we're right. That's the role of the Holy Spirit, to prove that the world gets it wrong. The world gets things wrong. Three things listed here, sin and righteousness and judgment. Three things. The first one, sin. The world misunderstands sin. What the world says, the world says this, sin is bad or evil behaviors that you do and you got to kind of figure out for yourself what is right and wrong and just do you know do your best and usually people see themselves as you know not that bad according to their own standards Uh, therefore if you're not that bad you don't really need a savior and you don't really need Jesus that is a wrong view of sin what scripture teaches is that God is holy And that humanity is completely corrupted by sin. And we are separated from God in that. And sin is not just bad behaviors that you do. Sin is a condition of the human heart that fails to love God fully. That that falls short of God's perfect standards. And so in that sense, sin is not just my behaviors. It's like a disease. And it's a disease that will kill me. So if you think of it like a disease, let's say that sin is... Pretend that sin is a disease that shows up as red spots on your body. And you're, everybody's covered red spots head to toe. Most people think sin is actually, uh, you know, here's, here's a red spot. And they come to me as a pastor. They say, Pastor, is this red spot? Is this sin? Or is this a freckle? Not sure. And so they ask me a question like our famous question for the series is, you know, what does God think about smoking marijuana? Right? Which I'm not going to answer today. But I will. But they say, look at this red spot. Is this one a sin or not? It doesn't matter. If I say, actually, no big deal, that's just a freckle, you're still covered head to toe with dots. If I say, yeah, that is part of the disease, but you've got the disease, and anybody who has even a little bit of the disease is going to die. There's no big sinners or little sinners. You've got the disease. It's terminal. And it's the role of the Holy Spirit to remind you that. Now, you say, okay, the role of the Holy Spirit is to remind people they're sinful, that doesn't sound good. It actually is good. Because when you know that you fall short, you realize that you have a Savior, that Jesus paid it all for you, that there is a cure and there is healing and it it brings life. So it's gracious of God to show us that that we've got this condition and that we need his saving. But the world says, yeah, sin, I'm not that bad. The other area where the world gets it wrong is in regards to righteousness. So just like we want to minimize sin, yeah, I'm not that bad, people love to maximize and exaggerate how good they are. But this is what the Bible says. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 64, our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. I consider them trash, that I may gain Christ, be found in him, not having a righteousness that's of my own, that comes from the law, so I don't have right things because I've done the right thing, but a righteousness that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith, that the only true righteousness we have is given to us from Jesus, not because we've done the right things and not because we're so great. We can claim all kinds of righteousness in your life. You know, I'm um, better than other people, smarter, harder working, more generous. You know, the way I raise my kids is so excellent, or the way I vote is so righteous, and the way I drive and I let people out, and it's not even their turn, and I let them pull in front. And, you know, you can claim all these things, you know, to your credit. And the Bible says, yeah, that's garbage. Not that you shouldn't drive, like, defensively, right? But ultimately... We need Jesus' righteousness towards us. That's good news, because that means that your life is based on the grace of God, a gift of God, not on how good you are. So you're, you aren't superior or better than anyone. In humility, you can have true humility to say, anything good I have, God has given me. And then you, can, you don't have to be judgmental of others. You don't have to keep up appearances. You just receive it. So the world can be wrong about sin, about righteousness, and lastly, the world is wrong about judgment. And basically, Jesus' point there, John, when he's writing it down, he got a little wordy here, but he's basically saying the world makes decisions and judgments based on lies. But the, the king of all the lies, the devil, the enemy, is, stands defeated. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we see that Jesus wins and Satan loses and any of the lies of the enemy are just not to be believed. And we can believe lies, lies about God, lies about ourselves. You can believe that primarily lies about God is the lie that God is essentially a, a taker and not a giver. That God is trying to take from me you know, my, um, my fun, my freedom, my money, whatever God is taking from me. But God, in his core, is a giver. How do we know God is a giver? Because we see Jesus on the cross giving his life for us in love. That God primarily is a giver of life and a giver of grace. And, and he's proved it to us again and again. We can know the truth about God. And again, we can believe lies about ourselves. Lies like, I'm not, I'm not worthy, or I've messed up too much, or God doesn't have good plans for me. Those are lies. The truth is God loves you, and he's given you all that you need. And he has good purposes for your life as you trust him. That's the truth. But we can get all those judgments wrong. So what happens when people are coming to faith is that the Holy Spirit of God is showing them these things, and, and they feel that something's wrong. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, something's missing in my life, or my philosophy and my way isn't working. And at that moment, that's how people come to faith, is they turn. They turn away from their old way, that's repentance, turning, and putting their faith in God, repentance and faith. But the problem is not everybody comes to faith. We, we like to think, if you put God's way, here's God's pleasing, perfect way, and here's the way of the world that's broken and sinful, that people would just choose God's way. But they don't always. 
John chapter 3, Jesus said, people like darkness. They'll choose to ignore the light and and follow the darkness. Romans chapter 1, people will try to suppress truth of God. That's just part, that's the sinful human heart. But that's the dynamic of faith that's happening all around us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what God's Spirit is doing. But what is God's Spirit doing for us who believe? We see this in verse 13 now. The role of the Holy Spirit in us is to guide us into truth. Verse 13, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. All of the truth of God, including God's word. So when you read God's word, the Spirit of God is showing you what it means and showing you what is true. As you go about your day, bringing it back to mind as you live and go through your life. And the Holy Spirit guides moment by moment throughout your day. And you have this amazing guide. We need guides in our life. I need guides in my life. I often use YouTube as a guide. Guide me to install a trailer hitch on a 2010 Toyota Sienna as a guide to learn how to tie a bow tie. I didn't learn that from my dad or my grandfather. I could go on YouTube, tie a bow tie. Learn how to... So there was a, this week, no joke, there was a picture on, on um, one of my social media feeds of somebody holding up a big pike that they caught. They've never caught a pike. And I'm looking at this person holding up the pike, and I thought, that fish looks delicious. But that fish looks bony. I wonder if there's a way to fillet a pike to get the bones out. Four minutes, I learned how to do that on YouTube. How to fillet a pike with no bones. The guy says, take the knife, do this, boom. If you brought a pike, I guarantee, if you brought a pike right here on this table and gave me a good fillet knife, I could fillet that pike because I watched the video. I had a guide to do that. Otherwise, I have no clue how to, like, how to fillet a pike. It'd be all bones. What's my point? My point is this. You need guides. We need, you, how do you know what's the right way to do anything? We have the ultimate guide in the Holy Spirit. That in the life of the believer moment by moment, guiding us towards that which is good and true and away from the lies and all those things. So what then is our role? We do have a role to play. Again, as much as it's not your job to convert people, it's not your job you know, to change hearts, but God may be using you in someone's life for those good purposes as we just position yourself, posture yourself, near the work of the Spirit, where God is moving. Um, if you believe that only God can change a heart, if you believe that God saves people, then we, we call out to God and pray for people. Uh, again, Ephesians chapter 6 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We have this resource, we're calling it a prayer map. Um, it's just a, a way, these are in the pew in front of you, uh, in some of the rows there. We have some of these in the rotunda. But it's just a way to just... This is where I play. This is where I work. This is where I live. Just jotting down people's names and start praying for them. Pray for God to bless the people around you. And then on the back, there's a little bless prayer, just, just different things you could pray for people. Take this with you if you want. If this is a helpful tool for you, take it, fill it out, put it in your Bible, you know, keep it on your dashboard, and just start praying for people. If we do nothing else as a church, if we are a community that is committed to, the, to praying for the people in our lives, the people in our everyday lives, lives will be changed. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So we pray for people. We also you know, tune into God's Spirit through His Word. Um, 
keeping in step with the Spirit, listening to God's voice through the Bible. This past year, I, was, I came across this research this week. American Bible Society, every year, they do the same survey about people's Bible usage, and they've been do, using the same research methods for over a decade, so they have pretty, you can compare year-over-year data. This year, for some reason, there was this huge drop in what they call Bible users. These are people who would use the Bible three to four times a year or more outside of a worship service or church service. So somebody who grabs their Bible three times a year. That number decreased 10% which this last year in 2022, which represents 26 million Americans. So you may be one of those 26 million Americans. That's fine. We just The encouragement is to pick it back up because that's where we're going to hear God's voice. And as we, again, the Spirit is showing us what is true and reminding us what is true, and it will come alive through the Spirit. This is all about God. It's all about His work. We simply posture ourselves in line with His Spirit through prayer, through His Word, and experiencing how God guides us moment by moment, exposing the lies, leading us towards that which is true. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you've given us such a beautiful gift, your very spirit alive in us to remind us the truth, to show us who you are, to show us who we are, and to guide us to to be part of this beautiful uh, work that you're doing in this world of bringing your kingdom of heaven here to earth, Lord. Help us to just continue to stay postured in line with your spirit in every way. Use us, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.